Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Hello everybody, it's Thursday night. We're live on the Smart Connector group. I'm absolutely thrilled to bits to be to be able to welcome a really important guest tonight, Sam Rattling. Welcome, Sam. Hi Jane, thanks for having me. Welcome everyone. So um, Sam is the most sought after consultant on LinkedIn in Europe, and she's an expert on LinkedIn lead generation and what's called social selling. We're going to go into that tonight. Um, she's the CBO, and for people that don't know what that phrase means, it means the Chief Vision Officer of um, her business. She has the fastest growing LinkedIn agency in the UK. She's got a best-selling book that is um, called LinkedIn Unbound, and it's got, I'm just having a look at the notes, 89 five-star reviews. It's an absolutely brilliant book. It topped the bestseller list within, I think you said six days, Sam, and it's still a bestseller today. So I would highly recommend her book. And the other thing that I have to say about Sam before we get into it is she's on a mission to generate a billion pounds in sales for her clients by 2025. And she's currently um, tracking this and it's at 93.7 million, I believe, already. So. Wow, that is an amazing result. <laughs> yeah, so so we've got lots and lots of um, questions already started. Um, good evening, Jace. I can see you're already on there. Um, so let's let's get going, really, Sam. So tell us a, a bit about yourself and how did you actually come to be a LinkedIn expert? Hi, Jane. Uh, well, my background actually was in the recruitment industry before I got into LinkedIn. I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn. So back in, it's actually 17 years old, LinkedIn. Can you believe that? So it's even older than the likes of Facebook. Um, so I think 2000, end of 2003, early 2004, I was introduced to LinkedIn when I was a recruiter. And in 2005, I moved to Ireland and my husband got relocated there. And I had to literally start from scratch, decided to create my own business and suddenly found myself having to build a network, create leads, and actually win new clients. So I thought, well, actually, I've spent all this time learning LinkedIn, looking for candidates. So I guess I could use the same skills to go find new business. So um, spent a few years doing recruitment, won some very large contracts, uh, worked with companies like Amazon, recruiting for them in Ireland, and then eventually in the UK. And um, I went to a seminar in 2010 and saw someone talking about this whole idea of becoming an expert in something I thought I kind of fancy the idea of doing that, but I had no idea what I wanted to do it at that time. And um, I got asked to speak at a conference in Yorkshire in 2011 about how I'd grown my recruitment business. And obviously I spoke, spoke on stage about how I'd grown my business through networking, both offline and obviously online. And that was the first time I ever spoke about LinkedIn from a big stage went off to a standing ovation and I thought, you know what, I really love doing that. So I made it my mission at that point to really start to become, you know, a go-to expert in something and just invested many years in kind of learning how to do that and obviously started building my brand through LinkedIn, but um, only really started taking it seriously about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And you've built a multiple six-figure business since then, haven't you, Sam? Yeah. What an amazing achievement. It's been a bit of a journey and a bit of a roller coaster, but yeah, we're we're tracking really well at the moment. Obviously, you know, this year it's actually been pretty good for us in terms of the fact that people are really starting to look at their lead generation strategies. Um, we we're hiring, not furloughing, so we've just taken on a, a new sales manager. The campaign team has just grown by one. We're now hiring another person, so we are in a fortunate position that we are growing quite rapidly. Um, and next year, we're aiming for uh, multi seven figures. Well, that's amazing. That That is such a result. But it doesn't surprise me, Sam, because you're a very um, focused and very clear communicator and a real a subject expert. And I've already been fortunate enough to be involved in a workshop of yours because that's actually how we met, because I'm on Rob Moore's Marketing Mastermind and you were invited as a guest to that. So 
I am not surprised. You have so much wisdom and experience to offer. And I know that the people on our group tonight are going to be absolutely delighted to, to be the recipients of that. <laughs> so, let's, yeah, let's get started then, um, Sam. So the first question I'd like to ask you is, um, what, where do people go wrong on LinkedIn? Oh, that's a great question. So the first thing that I see people doing wrong is that they go to LinkedIn to get and to sell and to pitch and they see it as a place where they should be going to get lots of business. And that's the first mistake that most people make. Um, I always tell people you need to go there with a giving mindset. So go there to give, to help others, to build your network, um, to position yourself as someone that has knowledge about a particular topic. And when you go with a giving mindset, you'll find yourself creating amazing relationships. You'll find yourself creating content that's really speaking to your target market. And if you go there with that kind of mindset, then then you'll you'll not be sending horrible sales pitches into people's inboxes, which does not work. So that's the first thing I would say. Um, the second mistake that I see people make is that they they jump straight into creating content, but without really thinking about who that content is aimed at. So mm -hmm. they're not particularly clear about their target market, and they're not really sure who they should be marketing to. So they tend to go in the very scattergun approach. They're selling everything to everyone versus if you get a real crystal clear idea of exactly who is your ideal client. So not your kind of bread and butter, low value client, but think about your absolute dream client, who that is. Where are they? What kind of industry are they in? What kind of job title do you want to target? Um, what kind of businesses do you want to connect with? And everything you do on LinkedIn from your profile to the messages you send to the content that you create should be aimed at that sweet spot that that ideal client and many people go there just kind of very randomly not really having any kind of strategy around who they are really targeting and that is so important isn't it sam we were actually having a chat beforehand about this and we absolutely have to know who our client is because if we don't have that idea of our ideal avatar as you said then everything everything comes from there and so if we don't have it we're just gonna as you said be scattergun and unfocused and we're not going to get results right exactly i actually created an acronym for this so if you guys are listening on the live or on the replay um if you could just grab a pen and paper and write, write down the word ideal so with i at the top and then d-e-a-l um, so I, I always say the first thing is look at the industry sector that you want to target. So the I stands for industry. Um, think about where you've had success previously, because it's much easier to sell into an industry where you've got case studies and background and experience. And there'll also be industries that you really don't want to target. So think about who you don't want as well. So rule those out and think about the one, two or three top industries that you'd love to be focused on. So that's step number one. The D stands for the demographic. So now look at, think about the size of the company. How many employees do they have? What kind of turnover does that company have? Um, you know, think about the um, who they're servicing. Are they B2B, B2C? Are they scale up fast moving tech companies or are they traditional set in their ways, Fortune 500 companies? So think about like exactly what that company looks like. It might be that you're targeting small business owners from one to 10 employees, but you've got to get a clear idea of what that is. Um, the A stands for the, the attributes. So think about the culture of that business. Think about, you know, what do they stand for, et cetera. Um, the E is the experience. So it's more to do with the job title of that person. So do you want the, the chief executive or the managing director, or do you need to speak to HR or operations or finance? So who in the business is the person you want to be engaging in a conversation and then finally the l stands for location so where do you want them um so do you want to do business with people on your back doorstep or do you want to work internationally or, or you just don't care you don't mind where they are so start with that kind of ideal client in mind and everything you do on linkedin feeds from that initial um initial outline of who you want Amazing, amazing. That well, it couldn't be clearer, Sam. So, um, okay, so let's move on and talk about uh, posting and 
this is again something that we were chatting about beforehand. Um, so I what I what we discussed is that I I've done posts that have really taken off. They've trended. They've got five thousand views in a day, and I've got others that have got less than five hundred. And I don't really understand what the difference is between those two, or what it is that I did to make some of them go viral and get go really really sticky. Um, and others just be a bit of a damp squib. And I know that a lot of my audience feel the same. So have you got any tips about creating really sticky, good content and getting that traction that we're all looking for? Yeah, well, it's not uncommon to, to have exactly what you've experienced. <laughs> and a lot of that is too, is that, you know, it's just about understanding how the LinkedIn algorithm works and what it loves and what it doesn't like. Um, so there's a there's quite a few intricate factors that, that come into this, but um, I'll give you a few of the, the most um, relevant ones. So the first thing is that when you create a post on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn doesn't really like it when you take people away from its platform. So I see people putting links into um, posts, for example, such as a YouTube video or a link to register for an event or um you know a blog article that they've written on their website that they want to direct people to and they go put that link in the post well the first thing is is that linkedin makes its money by keeping people in linkedin so the minute mm -hmm. that you create a post that takes the reader away from linkedin don't expect to get any visibility on a post like that so that would be one tip um secondly the the algorithm looks at how long somebody what's called dwelling on a post so how much time somebody spends on a post so if you write lots and lots of copy and you use the full 1300 characters when you post and you take a lot of time to put together some really good copy that goes with your post then again it's going to make someone click on that see more button and it's going to make people spend longer on the post if it's really good and engaging um so you want to always make sure that you're trying to even if you're posting a video make sure that you're using that full capacity of word space that you've got to, to post the post. Um, the next thing I would say is it's got to be really good quality and highly engaging. So a really simple tip to make a post more engaging is to ask a question on the post. So you could create a post about, um, I don't know, a particular topic, and then you could ask a question at the end because when you ask a great question, you engage people and you'll get great answers. Um, so that would be another little tip. Underneath, the, the number of comments is going to affect how quickly that post scales or goes viral or you know, gets the stickiness that, you're, that you were talking about. So um, the algorithm looks at how many words somebody comments on. So if someone just said, great post, Jane, that's, three, that's only three words. The algorithm would not recognize that as good engagement. But if someone wrote a whole paragraph underneath in response to your post, that that really is quality engagement. And then if you then reply to that quality engagement, again, that's just triggering the algorithm all the time. So you want people to respond, be responding with very quality responses. And then you need to be responding with good quality. And it's a minimum seven words that it looks for the algorithm. So if you were replying to a comment, from one of the people that had commented on your post, you would ideally want to be using more than seven words and even better asking them a question back because you're carrying on that conversation and that discussion underneath the post. So that's how you kind of get the post going further and further into more and more people's news feeds. Um, that's, that's great advice. Oh, sorry, you carry on. <laughs> I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> so um, the other thing is obviously hashtags, they're quite, um, you know, if you get a good set of hashtags, you don't really want to be using more than three hashtags on a LinkedIn post that, again, will penalize you. So if you're putting 20 hashtags on there, you might think that that's going to give you more chance of the post going, but it really won't. So um, no more than five, but three seems to be the, the, the right amount of hashtags. And you can see by going into the search bar on LinkedIn and just typing in the hashtag that you think you want to use on your post, you can see how many followers a hashtag has. And you again, you don't want to go for one. Let's say you did a post about sales. Well, there's 5.9 million people that follow hashtag sales on LinkedIn. So you're never going to get trending in one that's got millions of followers. So you're better off picking ones that are kind of between five and 30,000 followers. 
because mm. you can easily get trending in a in a hashtag that's got quite a small number of followers but obviously it's a bit more niche the audience that follows that is a bit more niche um so yeah so there are there's a few things i mean there's tons of things you can do but they would be a few examples of how you can get a post going further than it might be going at the moment yeah, amazing so for people that don't know what trending is, because unless you're 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 familiar with um, LinkedIn and you're you're on it a lot, what is the benefit of trending? So, um, when you first post something on LinkedIn, your you own it's only two percent of your network that actually sees that particular post in the first kind of 15, 20 minutes. So, in mm -hmm. order for you to get your post in front of more and more people. A, you need to get all that engagement happening that I was talking about earlier. But let's say you use, um, I mean, I use hashtag social selling, which is quite a niche topic. It's There's only about 30,000 people that follow it. But I'm connected to, I don't know, 21,000 people, something like that on LinkedIn. So only the people that I'm connected to plus their connections are going to see my content while, when I'm posting. If I get trending in hashtag social selling, that means that LinkedIn is picking up that post and is going to start pushing it out to everybody or more people that follow the hashtag social selling. Now, that mm. could be somebody in Australia who is in my fourth degree in my network that's not doesn't even know who I am, but happens to be interested in that topic. And I could get connection requests from people that I don't even know exist. And they didn't know I existed until my post got trended in, in that particular hashtag. So it just means that your reach um, is going far beyond your existing network when you start getting trending in a hashtag. Yeah, which is very valuable, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got I actually got a request to be on a podcast in Australia off the back of that very topic. So uh, yeah, so it just I've got one client at the moment and she's very focused on coaching female executives and she's she's trending at least two or three times a week now on very specific hashtags, but those people are really focused in on that topic that she helps with so amazing amazing so let's go on to um selling so social selling sam you know that's really your your speciality i mean i know that there are obviously a few linkedin trainers around some of them some of them uh, focus more on content but selling really is your thing and of course selling is really at the heart of business success and scale up isn't it so it's the most valuable thing that you can do for your business um so let's hear about the secrets of selling on linkedin uh, well that is a lovely topic and <laughs> one that i could talk about forever i mean ultimately everyone always wants to know how can i get more business from linkedin how can i actually turn my connections my content into real sales and real business results so there's, you know, the social selling side of LinkedIn. I always say to people that social selling is is what I call the art of selling without selling. So it's getting really good at building relationships, building your network and doing selling, selling in a way that isn't pushy, it isn't salesy, isn't pitching. Um, so there's a few things that you need to think about here. And actually, if you're listening right now or you're listening to the replay, you probably don't realize it, but you actually have a score out of 100 points that will tell you how good you are at this thing called social selling. So um, we can pop a link in the comments. But um, if you go check out linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI stands for social selling index. So linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI. If you're watching live, go do it now. Um, and you actually have a score out of 100 that will give you an indication as to where you are right now. So, um, Jane, do you know what your SSI score is right now? Uh, last time I checked, I'm very, very happy to report that I was at the top of the whole um, marketing group, which is great. I was up to about 89, wow. which is good, isn't it? That's higher than me. No. <laughs> no, surely not. I've got an 87 right now. <laughs> I think it must have been a fluke that day. It was it was super high. I was like, what? Um so yeah, it was high that day. It was high that day, but um I, I've been trying really, really hard on LinkedIn that week. So And you read my book too, so that's how that helps. Yeah, so, I read <laughs> so it, if you have gone to check that out, like pop it if you're feeling brave, pop it in the comments. Um, it might be the first time you're hearing about the SSI score, or 
it, you might have seen me speak before and your SSI score might have gone up. So whether or not you, you're new to the SSI score, pop it in. And if you have seen a, a movement in your SSI, then pop it in the comments as well. It'd be good to know. But um, the SSI score looks at four different areas, which really are the keys to so good, so good selling on LinkedIn. So the first thing is it's about establishing your brand and establishing you as like the go to expert in your field. So that's it's um, if you look at your score, if you've got it in front of you, it's kind of it's the orange part of the score. Each of these four elements is made of 25 points, which gives you your overall score of 100. So the orange score is all to do. Oh, look, they're all coming in now. 76, 67. Yeah, yeah. Nice. 76 70. is good. Wow. Yeah. Someone didn't even know about it. Well, there you go. So now you know about it. <laughs> now you know about it. You've got something to benchmark yourself against. And if you're any way competitive like me, you'll now be like, right, how do I get to 100? Um so the orange score is to, is called establish my professional brand and it's to do with your LinkedIn profile and how effective your profile is and it's to do with your content. So if you want to really position yourself as the go-to person, the personal brand, like that is the one that you want to focus on if you want to get yourself to a point where you've got people coming to you, you're known as the person to go to in your industry and you want inbound leads coming because you are the expert, that's the one to focus on. So that's the orange score. The purple score, which is the next one down, is called find the right people. And the key to any selling is prospecting and filling your pipeline. So if you guys are currently not doing anything to fill your pipeline and all you're relying on is word of mouth, recommendation, referral, and you're not actively prospecting on a daily basis, then you are missing a trick and you are not filling your pipeline. What typically happens, especially with smaller businesses, is that you're kind of focused on delivery and focused on servicing your clients. You win business in, you stop doing all the things that helped you to get that business in. So your pipeline dries up and then you're in this cycle of like peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs. Whereas if you were actively prospecting every single day, you would be filling your pipeline on a consistent basis. So one thing that is really important on LinkedIn is to be consistently adding people into your network who are in your target market on a daily basis. And this does not have to be hundreds of people. I'm talking like five or 10 a day. It will take you less than 10 minutes. Um, but reaching out to people who are in your target market and actively proactively building your network and not just relying on those people coming to you and people wanting to add you. But this is really kind of going back to that ideal client. You mm. need to be adding those people in on a daily basis. So that's part of the, so the, the purple score is to do with how much you're really doing that. So a lot of people find that that score is quite low, um, but it's just because they're not prospecting consistently. Um, the next one is called um, engage with insights. So, you know, early we were talking, talking about engaging on posts and liking, commenting and being very proactive in the newsfeed. That's one thing that you can do for that. The second part of that score is really made up by how much you're using LinkedIn to research and get insights on people and companies. Some of that does come from the sales navigator part of LinkedIn, which is the paid version. So if you are on the free version, you're not going to be able to get that one very high, but it's partly made up with what kind of engagement you're doing. And finally, the key to LinkedIn really is building trusted relationships. And that's the green one. So your SSI score is a good indicator that you're doing this thing called social selling pretty well. The magic really happens in the high 70s and into the 80s. If you've got an SSI score in the high 70s, ideally the 80s, you should be getting decent visibility, decent credibility, and you should be starting to get leads. If you're not, then there's something mismatched with your messaging there's something mismatched with your content. You maybe aren't super clear on your target market yet. So I'm not saying it's the the magic bullet, but it is a good indicator that you're doing things right. Cool. Well, I've got everybody looking looking theirs up now. So uh, we've got another 75. I mean, 75 is good, isn't it, Sam? They're on the right track. You've got a great group. I normally get um, I normally <laughs> get like 
I I tell you what, I twitched on bunch in my group. I mean, the thing, my my group is called the Smart Connector, right? So it's all about building relationships. And I'm always banging on about that, about how you shouldn't just spam, but you know, you need to build relationships. So yeah, they're they're good. They're good. good I'm impressed, Jane. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's just talk about this sales navigator thing, um, Sam. So to me, I don't use sales navigator and it sounds frightening. So frightening. It's amazing, but it's like, it's like um, stepping into a Formula One Ferrari and going, oh my God, how do I drive this thing? So mm-hmm. I don't ever recommend sales navigator. I mean, I love it. I recommend it, but only if you're fully trained in how to use LinkedIn properly. Um, and you're fully trained in the free version and you're fully trained in Navigator. So don't be paying for LinkedIn, A, if you're not getting business from it yet, and B, if you're not already um, fully understanding the free version because you just won't get the benefit from it. Um, I I work a lot with corporate clients and Mm -hmm. go into large companies with, you know, 50, 100, 200 salespeople. And quite often they've invested very heavily in Sales Navigator for their salespeople but yet they're still not generating enough leads. So companies think that just by giving this, you know, this sales tool to their teams that they're going to actually get business, but actually they never actually get taught how to use it properly. So, so yeah, so I wouldn't be, I would definitely not be using premium. Premium's rubbish. So there's free, then there's premium, and then there's sales navigator. So um, sales navigators, 69, 70 quid a month. Um, if you're purely in a business development role and you're 100% in sales, it is a phenomenal tool. And I really recommend it. I've just hired a new sales manager, Leanne. She might even be in the, she's in the group, so she might even be on live tonight. Um, Leanne is prospecting 30 people a day using Sales Navigator, and she's landing between two and four really good sales meetings a week with very, very ideal clients for us. We're talking like companies with 5,000, 10,000 employees. Um, just by consistently prospecting and using Navigator. But she's obviously fully trained by me in how to do that. So I wouldn't go spending money on LinkedIn unless you actually know what you're doing with it. Okay, so what you're saying, Sam, is that a lot of people on my group, they're solopreneurs, startups, um, they're expert entrepreneurs. So they're people who are just getting going perhaps with a uh, you know, with a business that is all about them being the the face of it. So what you're saying is that um, start off by by prospecting in an organic yeah. way and then um, don't worry about premium. And then once you've started getting leads in and actually converting them and get some revenue coming, then potentially think about either hiring somebody or getting trained up in the sales navigators. It goes sort of go like yeah, that. Exactly. Um so okay. yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're a one one woman or one man business and you don't have a big team yet, don't be yeah, don't be doing anything crazy like that. So um, you can get a lot done with the free version of LinkedIn. In fact, I have one client who generated seven hundred and forty three thousand pounds on the free version of LinkedIn. So wow, in the catering industry. So you know that's a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> certainly is wow <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to be paying for sales navigator in order to get business you get a lot of business on the free version for sure okay so let's say you've got your ideal client you've spotted somebody and you think oh that person is the person that i would really like to work with and now they don't know me so i want to build a relationship with them so what would you advise advise somebody to do in that respect how would you how would you uh, structure an approach? Well, that is the secret sauce. Mm. Not really something I usually reveal on a free live thing like this, but just to give some generics. Okay, so the first message in the first outreach should not mention anything about why you want to connect with that person. I do recommend prospecting in your second degree network only. So um, the second degree basically means you're like one handshake away. So it's the pe- people that in your network that are one one step away essentially so you've got some mutual connections it's way easier to connect and build relationships with people that you have some common ground with you know you talk about relationships all the time jane so if you go second degree you'll get a much better response rate than if you go cold to your third fourth fifth sixth degree network um so that would be one piece of advice um i think you've just got to be human you've got to be normal you've 
you know, you don't want to be sending some, I mean, the amount of sales pictures I get in the first message, it's ridiculous. So you definitely don't want to be like slamming somebody with the big sales pitch the minute that you connect with them. I also don't recommend jumping down their throat as soon as they've connected either. You know, you want to leave a bit of, it comes across as too desperate. So you do want to leave, you know, one or two days maybe after they've said yes to connecting before you even start with, you know, your next approach. Um, I mean, it really depends on the person's business. I mean, I have clients that do really well with uh, coming back to the concept of giving, having something of value to start the relationship. So, you know, in my case, if I'm prospecting a chief marketing officer or somebody very senior in a, in a boardroom, I'll usually offer them a, a complimentary copy of my book and get, you know, where's the best place to send it to, et cetera. And I'll start the relationship by giving first. Um, so many of you would be able to do that. Um, I've got one client that, you know, puts people onto a webinar and offers free advice on something. And then later on, obviously goes down the route of selling something. So if you have something of value, like that's usually quite a good place to start. Um, I mean, it's very, very important that your 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 next message is not a big blurb all about you. It's got to be all about the customer, ultimately. Um, and I do have a very specific formula that I use for a second message that generates between three and 8% response rate usually. Um, sometimes higher depending on the industry but it is so important that you get that approach really good and I think a lot of this is testing and measuring like any marketing mm -hmm. you know you might want to try out two or three or four different types of messages to see which gives you the best response rate and actually track it and measure it I was on a call with a client earlier today actually or a potential client he's looking at outsourcing all of his lead gen to us and he's been doing his own prospecting for the last um, three months and he, he pulled up a spreadsheet and he said, I've contacted 1800 people in the last um, four months. Um, I've had this many responses and this many interests. He knew all of his stats and all of his data. So and he said, and we've landed four big contracts from it. I just don't have the time to do it. So he's like, I believe in it. It works. And I don't even really know what I'm doing, but I've landed four big projects from 1800 connections. So but he was just, he said, I cannot send any more messages. <laughs> I'm just so driven, demented by doing it. So it is time consuming. But if you do it with consistency and you get the right message with the right industry and the right target market, you can turn it into business for sure. I think that's that's great advice. And I often say to people as well that consistency is incredibly important. So whatever you do, if you do it daily, you are going to get results. So even if you're spending half a day doing, I mean, not half a day, but half an hour uh, doing that prospecting, but you do it every single day, you will get something back. Yeah. As long as, I mean, obviously, I know that it's not as simple as as just doing that. But if you've got the um, the avatar right and the messaging right and all the other things that you teach, then you should be able to get results in, you know, fairly yeah. short amount of time shouldn't you say yeah. i mean i i teach a 15 minute a day system that mm -hmm. usually starts getting results within 90 days um so That's you, amazing. Don't have to be, you do not need to be dedicating hours and hours and hours and hours of time um and if you've got your profile right you've got your message right and you've got your content right there's no reason why you couldn't be getting results in less than 90 days on a 15 minute a day um system 15 minutes well i mean anybody could manage that really couldn't Thank they you even if they just got up 15 minutes early. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Well, um, just having a look to see if there's uh, any questions. Does anybody want to ask um, Sam questions? I know that they're all, they're all, they, they are posting, but I think everybody's probably just completely transfixed because, <laughs> wow, he knows all these things. Um, let's talk about some of the new features on LinkedIn. So we've got LinkedIn Live, haven't we? And we've also got LinkedIn Stories. So um, I'd lo love to hear a bit more about, about those two features. So um, LinkedIn Live has been around for a while now. It's still in um, kind of beta mode or test mode. Um, it's only available on an application only basis at the moment. So um, and you do have to be pretty persistent. So if you have been rejected already and they've said no, um, I know someone that took five attempts to get themselves onto a yes for LinkedIn Live. So LinkedIn Live is doesn't kind of work the, exactly the same as Facebook Live. It's not like you can just click your phone and then you're live. You do have to use like restreaming services to be able to use it. But um, they do look at things like how many followers you have. So obviously, the higher the influence level at the moment that you have in terms of number of connections, 
and they do look at whether or not you're using live outside of the LinkedIn platform. So they'll look and they ask you to submit, you know, Facebook lives that you've done or any lives on any other channels. So it's not for everyone. Um, I, I don't even have it yet. I've applied for it a few times and still don't have it, which I'm really annoyed about, but I will get it and I know I'm going to get it. Um, so it's not for everyone. Um, you know, not everyone's super comfortable, especially in the early days of producing content. Then, you know, a lot of people are really scared of video and are scared of lives. So um, it, just be aware that it exists. You can apply for it through the help section of LinkedIn. Just go to the LinkedIn help um, and just type in LinkedIn live and there's an application process there. Um, so I, I think live is a really good feature. The one thing I love about it is that your entire network is notified when you go live. So, yeah, you know, if you've got 10,000 connections, I mean, I've got 20,000 connections. And the fact that my brand will just pop up going Sam Rathling's now live, you know, oh, I think yes. that's one of the only times that you can get your entire network notified that you're, you exist. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's a good thing. I've seen quite a few companies using it very well on their on their pages. So Pfizer have got a really good company page with a good live channel. The World Health Organization's using live as well. Um, there's, you know, Rob Moore's very good at using live on LinkedIn as well. So he's a good example of, um, you know, he uses it a lot. But I think he's reduced down how many he does now, because I think probably once a week is probably about, you know, treat it like a channel almost and go live at the same time every week. That'd probably be a good strategy. But um, and then LinkedIn stories, most of you probably don't even know this is coming, but um, LinkedIn stories. So obviously you've got Instagram stories and um, obviously it started out on Snapchat. So LinkedIn is about to roll out stories, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah. Apparently, you can, yeah, no, I can't wait. It's going to be up to 15 seconds, I think, and um, you can you can roll, I think, up to 100 stories into one in one day. So yeah, it's yeah. Be very similar to the the other story reels that are out there at the moment. But um, it looks really good. I know it's at the moment out already in Australia. It's out in Brazil. It's out in the Netherlands. There's a few countries that are um, testing it at the moment. So they won't roll it out to everyone until they, you know, ironed out all the bugs. But I'm really looking forward to stories on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you do the stories um, elsewhere? I mean, do, do you actually use other networks, Sam, or are you just a LinkedIn, LinkedIn only person? Honestly, LinkedIn is my home. It's my happy mm -hmm. place. Do I have Facebook? Yes, I do. Do I use stories? Not that much. I'm on Instagram. I'm on to, I am on everything. Um, I'm, cut, I'm on TikTok, but I haven't done any actual videos. <laughs> so no, no crazy dancing yet. <laughs> no, but I definitely wouldn't be using it for that. I'm, I'm working with a TikTok expert, actually. So um, my friend Matt State is a TikTok expert. So I'm going to be using it more to build my personal brand there. But um, but no, I, I don't really, because I get so much business from LinkedIn. I mean, I generate five to 10 leads a day, roughly, on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. It's my happy place. I've just never really, I just never... Need, I don't really need to, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. You know, that's it's really interesting because I, I do definitely believe that if you go deep on a certain platform that you are going to get more results than yeah, if you absolutely. just try and try and kind of build a profile across all of them. That's certainly been uh, my experience. I mean, I started off on uh, Facebook and I've really put a lot of effort into Facebook but I think I'm pretty weak on Instagram I mean yeah. I'm on it I'm on Twitter but they're not really my platforms and now you know I'm much more kind of orientated towards um, towards LinkedIn but I know I've got a way to go so Absolutely. so I'm raising investment for property. Somebody says, I've been building, building my personal page. I've now created my business page. Um, what tips or advice would you give me? Great. So good question. Um, most of your leads um, are going to come from your personal profile. It's important to have a company page or a business page. But if you are a smaller business, don't expect to be getting much traction from your um, company or business page. You can invite your connections to like or follow. Uh, your company page that's quite a new feature on LinkedIn but um, I don't know anyone that's actually getting business from the company page so I would much rather you invest time and effort into building your personal brand positioning you as a go-to expert using your profile and building your network because you will get more um, business from doing that than you will ever from your company page that's a, that's a very good point and that's very different to Facebook where a company, um, a, a business page, 
is actually gets a, a lot of visibility and a business group gets a lot of visibility. So it's really, really different, isn't it, on LinkedIn it in is, that way? For sure. Um, so, you know, I think if you're a you know a really big, well-known brand like, a you know, an Amazon or any, you know, anything like that, of course, they've got millions of followers on their pages. But for a small business, I mean, it's hard enough to try and create content for your own personal profile, let alone trying to think about what you're also going to post on your company page as well. So, um, so yeah. Okay, so so investors, I mean, I know quite a lot about this because I'm also I also have a property business and I, I've also raised quite a lot of um, investment funds and I do work with investors and I advise investors. So I, I've got a bit of a perspective on this. And I think investors, they very much it's people by people. I mean, it's people by people in every business. But the most important thing, because investors are it's their own money. It's usually a lot of money if they're investing in property deals. The trust is really, really critical. And so in, in my in my uh, view, you have to take those relationships offline fairly early. Yeah. Um, and Sam, I'd you know, love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate goal here is to take it from the online to the offline. I mean, we're all better face to face or, you know, <laughs> Zoom to Zoom. Um, but, you know, it, it is the, the ultimate goal is really to take people from your LinkedIn profile or from your LinkedIn message straight out to having a, that conversation. So uh, when I talked about earlier, most of the time, either clients that we train or we do it for, we typically get a three to eight percent and positive response to the conversation that we get started in messages and the number one objective from that conversation is to take it to the next stage which is obviously a meeting or a or a call um you know you can even generate appointments just from your linkedin profile if you give people the opportunity so i generate something like three to five meetings a week just by giving people the ability to book an appointment with me directly from my linkedin profile so um you know just simple things like that to be able to move people from online to offline um, because ultimately, the sales process is really going to happen. It's really about starting that connection in the online world and then building that relationship from then onwards. So, mm. And I also think the other thing that's important with investors is they want to know what your results are. So they want to know, really, really know your credibility and track record. So don't say, I, I wouldn't offer to investors, I would prove, that's what I would do anyway, prove your expertise, prove your experience, show your results. Um, obviously, you have to be sometimes a bit sensitive about that because, um, again, investors, they don't want to have themselves, you know, plastered all over LinkedIn or Facebook as people with lots of money. But yeah, I think that's important. Okay, so... Um, so would you post in the business page and share to your personal page is another question, Sam. Um, no. And the reason being is that shares will get you very, very, very little engagement or reactions. Um, LinkedIn is hey. looking for you to be an original content creator as a personal brand. So um, you're actually better off doing it the other way around. Um, so you'll get more traction, in fact, probably five to 10 times more traction from creating a post on your personal profile than you will ever from your company page. So um, sharing an, either someone else's content or your own content from another um, page is never going to get you visibility whatsoever. So always remember that LinkedIn's looking for you to be like almost you've got to treat yourself like a publisher, really. You, you need to be the original content creator. If you're just constantly sharing other people's stuff, you're not an original content creator and LinkedIn won't uh, won't reward reward you for that. So, But do they like it when you share other people's stuff? Do they, do they, uh, does it, do, do they actually, I mean, if I think of the, the LinkedIn algorithm as a kind of person and I think, all right, okay, what, what do they approve of? And what do they not approve of? So would they be impressed, for example, if I was sharing lots of Jeff, uh, Bezos's posts or no no they, they wouldn't care about that no and and actually you'd you'd only be helping the original author of the original you know of the original post so will it doesn't really matter post? yes but it won't help you whatsoever so um I mean I I always say on your if you're having a lazy day and you've got you're really busy and you haven't got time to put together a post and then sharing someone else's stuff is better than nothing but um you'd be better off going and doing like three of your own original posts a week instead of trying to get something out every day for the sake of it and then sharing other people's stuff so 
it really helps the original author of the original post more than anything that won't help you whatsoever. Okay, so it's good to try and get people to share your stuff then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does, but likes and comments are heavier weighted. So you're better okay. off to get reactions and even better comments. It's that whole, just, you know, if you guys go check out my latest post, which will help you anyway, because it's called 10 different types of LinkedIn posts. Um, it's actually a, um, done as a document post and very few people know about document posts. So I thought, well, I'll do it. I'll do it as a document post because then at least people can see an example of one. But it's already had over 10,000 views. Document posts get really, really good engagement. Um, but if you look at the discussion underneath the post, it's just lots and lots and lots of comments, lots and lots of replies, not just from me, but from other people. Um, so definitely, um, definitely variety is key. I, I see someone else asked a question about pictures versus images versus video. Um, again, that post that I put up earlier will give you some help with that. Um, if you are using video, obviously things like captions are going to make a difference and um, whether or not people can read it without listening to it is going to make a difference. Um, it, and a lot is a lot to do with the value you're providing and whether or not it's hitting your target market. So, Oh, we've got loads of questions I coming. Questions. Now, Sam. Um, right. So what's your thoughts on tagging people, Sam? Is it preferred to tag images or tag people in comments? Um, I would I wouldn't go mad on. Again, same thing like the hashtags. I wouldn't go mad on tagging gazillions of people into your post. I hate it when I get tagged into a post and it's not nothing to do with me or nothing to do with people just tagging me in because they think I've got a big network or they know I've got a big network. And so I wouldn't go doing unsolicited tagging. Like make sure if you're going to tag someone, you know, tag them and ask them to make a comment because you think it's relevant. Um, but definitely use the comments more than tagging in the photo because, again, it's going to drive that traction underneath that post um, for sure. Okay, so we've got what captioning do you suggest, Sam? <laughs> um, so there's a there's a few options. Um, there are a couple of apps out there that will actually automatically caption as you're speaking. So if you're on an iPhone, um, Apple users, um, there's one called Clipomatic, um, which is I think four ninety nine one off payment, and literally as you're recording the video, um, the captions will come up live underneath. You can edit it afterwards. You get up to one minute of video with it real-time captioning. If you're on Android, then there's one called AutoCap that will do the same thing. Um, my favorite, though, is Rev.com, R-E-V.com. So if you are doing a slightly longer video, maybe six or seven minutes of real kind of education, then you'd probably want to send it off to someone like Rev.com. And they will, I think it's $1.25 um, per minute of video. And they'll caption the whole thing for you and send you back what's called, it's a bit technical, an SRT file, um, which actually when you upload the video to LinkedIn and you click on edit, you can actually match the video and the SRT file together and all those captions will come up underneath. So it's a bit technical, but um, there is a way to do it. The other option you've got is using something like, um, uh, there's an app called Quick, Q-U-I-K, which I love. Um, it's uh, You can put photos, videos, text, and there's royalty-free music on there. It creates really professional videos um, with, with text in them. And, you know, in seconds, you can have yourself a really professional-looking video that, especially if you're not one of these people that doesn't like to be in front of the camera and you want to put a video up, but you don't want to be in the video because there's a lot of people out there that don't want to be in video. Wow, that that's amazing. That's such valuable advice, Sam. That's incredible. Um, okay, so um, do you suggest posts or articles? What's the relative benefits of both? Great question. So a post, you should consider it for visibility. An article, you should consider for credibility. So they do different things. So you'll never get um, as many views on an article as you will a, a post in the newsfeed. An article is like a blog within LinkedIn, for those of you that aren't familiar with the terminology. So writing an article will position you as a go-to expert and an authority on your topic because you're writing something about that particular topic. So if you want to check out decent articles, I've got quite a few on my LinkedIn profile. Just hit up my LinkedIn profile and at the bottom in the featured section, you'll see the last few articles that I've written. So if you're going to write an article, give tons of value, really, really go for it, make it really relevant to your target market, but do it to build your credibility and then also feature it on your profile. Um, posts are all, as just as valuable, but they're they're really kind of here today, gone tomorrow. 
an article is like an evergreen piece of content that will consistently bring you business if it's good um, and that will always stay on LinkedIn. Amazing. Okay. Well, Sam, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's um, it, we've we've actually been talking for fifty minutes, so it's been yeah, we really have, and you've packed in so much value for our uh, viewers in that time. I can I can see that there are still questions coming through, but you know, feel free to um, to tag Sam, and if there's something that you haven't managed to ask her, but you you have a burning question, then I'm sure she'd be happy to respond. Um, so before we go, Sam, I'd love to to um, you to talk about um, the resources that you can offer to people who want to take their LinkedIn journey further. Yeah. Um, so if somebody if somebody wants to kind of really, really engage with you, um, what's the best way of them doing that? Well, the most obvious way is to just add me on LinkedIn. So if we're not connected on LinkedIn, make sure that you go over to LinkedIn and, and add me. Please do mention that you came from um, Jane's group because um, I get a lot of connection requests um, and I always like to know where people have come from. So then I know, you know, how we met. Um, if you do want to have a conversation with me about kind of training or outsourcing or anything like that, then there is a link on my LinkedIn profile to book um, a discovery call. So you can easily just book an appointment if you want to have a conversation with me. Um, if you just have a question or something like that that you didn't get answered today, then just pop it in, pop it into the messaging and I'll use voice messaging to respond to you, uh, which you probably don't even know exists, but it does. Um, <laughs> so just chuck another tip in there. Um, so just drop me a message if there's a question I didn't get to. I can't always get to them straight away because my inbox is crazy. Um, it's so busy all the time, but I try and get back to I'll try and get back to you within a couple of days if you have a specific question. Um, obviously, if you don't have the book, that's a good place to start, Jane. I know you've got the book LinkedIn bound. Um, it's on Amazon and Kindle. Just search my name up on Amazon and it'll, it'll come up. Um, but that's a good place to start if you are very early, just starting up don't have any revenue yet or you're just like oh my goodness I need clients then the book is a good place to start um and if you are a bit more advanced or your SSI score is pretty good but it's just not turning into business you might be interested in my um, LinkedIn Academy which is um an online digital course with 20 plus video modules um and I do a group coaching call every month with my members as well so that's an option as well for people so Fabulous. Um, and Sam, before you go, I just wanted to say we do have a viewer here from Australia, Pix, and she got up at five o'clock in the morning. So wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so so you see she's made a big effort What's to get name? up at Pix. Her name's Pix. Yeah. Hello, Pix. Yeah. Well, my yeah. sister's over in Sydney and my other sister's over in Auckland, so I'm well used to those time zone differences. <laughs> great to see you, Pix. Well done. Yeah, I'm well done for getting up so early. That's real commitment Amazing. to LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much again, Sam, for joining us. It really has been a pleasure. You've given so much value tonight and um, I'm sure that everybody has learned so much, including myself. So <laughs> thank you very, very much for joining us. Well, and look, for having me. Yeah, look forward to um, seeing you again soon, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And remember, if you're not linked in, you're definitely linked out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's important, isn't it? You just remember that. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot then, Sam. Bye for Bye. now. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.